What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Casual Big Ten Podcast. Today is Wednesday, September 13th, 2023. My name is Kent Peterson. I'm the host of this show, and on today's show, we're going to kickstart your week. Week three, Big Ten football. We got 13 games, one Big Ten matchup. We're going to get to all of them today. I'm not skipping a single game. We're getting to all of them. We're going to talk about each one. Um, woke up this morning and I was like, you know what? I'm going to do a quick podcast. It's going to be like 15 minutes. I'm just going to barely mention the games. Started taking notes, started getting excited, started to want to talk about this stuff just a little bit deeper. So we're going to do that today. Still try to go quick. We'll try to keep it under 30 today. We'll see if that happens. Um, as always, remember that Bet Big is coming out on Friday. We got Bet Big Brad. B1G Wilson, they'll be joining me. We'll be recording that tonight. If you are following along at Casual Big Ten on Twitter, make sure you go look at the big board. I post it every Wednesday. If you reply, we will read it on the show. That's one way that we can kind of interact with the people that are following along on Twitter, following along on YouTube, or even just listening to the podcast, which appreciate all of you either way. And one last thing, if you are watching on YouTube, go ahead and hit subscribe. I appreciate it. Every time that number goes up by one, my heart gets a little bit bigger. I get a little bit happier. I get a little bit more excited about doing this show. As if I'm not excited enough, though, about these games this week. Um, I wanted to mention this right at the top, though. It's a bit of a weird TV schedule this week. I got to shout out my boy. I shout him out all the time. My boy Jeffrey the Greek, he kind of pointed this out on Twitter. And uh, I started looking at it, and I tend to agree with him. When you're looking at week three here, you got the one game on Friday. We'll get to that first. And then you have three noon games. You have four 3.30 games, a four o'clock game, a five o'clock game, seven o'clock, and two 7.30 games. So really, like when I think about Saturday college football, I live in the central time zone. So I wake up, you know, get my house clean. I always have to watch football in a clean house. That's just me personally. Get my house clean, have breakfast, get the kids all organized. And then I'm looking for that 11 a.m. kickoff here in the central time zone. And I want a bunch of games on. This week, there's only three. Out of 13 of the games, only three of them are in that, like, what I consider the main time slot for Saturday football. But at any rate, um, I actually don't mind it, though. It's I like it when it's kind of spread out like this. That first week, like week one, when it was spread out like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, that was awesome. Wasn't there a game on Monday? No, it was just Sunday. Uh, but anyways, I love I love when it's spread out like that. I, I It doesn't matter to me when you put the games on. I'm going to watch them anyways. I'm going to figure out a way to watch it. And this is the first weekend. I don't have anybody home. I don't have anyone visiting. I have my family home, but I don't have anyone visiting. I'm not traveling anywhere. I am going to be locked on to these games. I'm going to be trying to watch every single one of them at the same time if I have to. It doesn't matter. Let's get started with these games, though. Some exciting matchups this week. A lot of ACC and Big Ten matchups this week, which is fun. Um, and it starts on Friday night. It's Virginia coming to Maryland. 7 o'clock, it's on FS1. I'm going to give everybody the time and the TV schedule for each game. I think that's helpful in the Kickstarter episode so you can know like what time your team's playing and what channel you're going to have to tune into. Maybe you're going to have to buy a channel. I know one of these channels I don't have. We'll get to that. Uh, but we have Virginia coming to Maryland. Uh, I think that Maryland's going to roll in this game. Virginia, they've lost to 
Tennessee, big. They lost to them by a lot. And then last week, they lost to James Madison, which is a team that I'm familiar with, an FCS team that I'm familiar with. I think they're still FCS, but they're not great. They're good in their conference and their division. They seem to be like in national title games and stuff like that, but they should not be competing against big-time Division I football teams like Virginia, even though they've never really had a ton of success either. But they lose to James Madison by two. This is, again, Virginia that I'm talking about. Um, here's what I'm the key for the game for me. Maryland, you got to get off to a better start. You can't start out with a blown coverage and a pick six like you did last week. Um, I think that you're still, even if you did start out like that, I think you still probably win this game. But I'm looking for Maryland to roll in this game, and I'm looking for them to get off to a better start. Back at home, they've been at home, but back at home, uh, jump on them early, jump on them often, and I think Maryland's going to roll in There's in this game. Not a lot else to talk about. We'll see everything that's going to happen with that on Saturday. Tua Lee is going to go off. I think that they're going to run all over Virginia. It should be a, a route is what I'm predicting for this game. All right, next game. This one's interesting for me. It's Georgia Southern versus Wisconsin. Georgia Southern is coming to Wisconsin. This is the first uh, Saturday noon game that I'm going to talk about. It's on BTN. Georgia Southern is a team that I only know because they upset people on the regular. They beat people all the time that they're not supposed to beat. Here's a list that I pulled up just from some quick research I did. 2013. They beat Florida. 2019, they beat Appalachian State when Appalachian State was ranked in the top 25 in the country. So that was an upset at the time. Last year, they beat James Madison when they weren't supposed to. And again, I was just talking about how James Madison is a school that's pretty good for what their division is. Also last year, they beat our Cornhuskers. They beat Nebraska last year. And this year, they're 2-0. They beat Citadel 34-0. They beat UAB, who's usually pretty competitive in college football, 49 to 35. They got a kid at quarterback. His name is Davis Brin. He's thrown for 562 yards, four touchdowns this year. You take all that stuff that you know about Georgia Southern now, you wrap it up in a pretty little ball, and you throw it in the garbage because nothing that Georgia Southern is going to do in this game matters. It's all about Wisconsin. Wisconsin has to bounce back after that tough loss last week against Washington State. They need to control the game, and they need to do it on the ground where they control. I think they need to win the time of possession in this game. Listen, here's what I'm saying right now. Georgia Southern is not a team that they're just going to be able to roll out there and uh, just beat them just because they're Wisconsin. That's not going to happen. Georgia Southern's ready. They're used to beating teams they're not supposed to beat. And they're going to be prepared. This is probably the biggest game of the year for them. So they're going to be ready to pull an upset. If you don't have a good game plan as the Wisconsin coaching staff and as the players, if you're not prepared for this game, if you're thinking about going into this game and you're just going to roll over them, that's not going to happen. You have to be ready. So the game plan has to be control the ball like you've been doing. Use Chez, use Braylon, and use them often. Run the ball, control the time of possession, Throw it when throw it with Tanner when you need to, when you absolutely need to. When Georgia Southern's pinning their ears back and they get a big stop on like a second down and eight and they get a stop for a loss, now we got to throw it with Tanner. But other than that, I think that you 
control the ball, get a, enough stops on defense that I think that Wisconsin can still win this game. But I'm putting Wisconsin on upset alert, though, because if they don't play well, I think that they could lose this game. I really think they can. Georgia Southern is good enough to beat them. Wisconsin is better. They have to play well, though. They can't just roll into this game and, and beat Georgia Southern. All right, our next game. Also at noon, also on Big Ten Network, we have Louisville coming to Indiana. I've gotten the most replies when I posted the uh, big board today with the spreads about this game so far. You have Jeff Brom returning to the Big Ten to play a Big Ten opponent. He's not returning to the Big Ten. Don't get too worried about that. But a lot of people are on Indiana in this game. I'm not exactly positive why. I haven't seen enough from Indiana to be like, uh, they're going to win this game or they're going to cover the 10 points that they're underdogged in this game. Um, here's what Louisville's done. They beat Georgia Tech 39 to 34, and then they blew Murray State out 56 to 0. I go back to what I kind of said about Wisconsin. You have to get stops in this game if you're Indiana. Now, the one bright spot for Indiana so far this year has been their defense. I think they've played really well. You look at what they did in the Ohio State game. I think that I forget who they even played last week now, but uh, I think they had a good game last week. I'm pulling it up right now against Indiana State. Obviously, they're going to blow Indiana State out. So defense only has given up about four touchdowns this year. Louisville's averaging about five or six touchdowns per game. So that's going to be like the key matchup to me is Louisville's offense versus Indiana's defense, who is kind of overperformed this year. Um, but I think that the offense for Indiana, they have to score at least 21 points. They have to score more, more than they did against Ohio State. Obviously, they only scored three. They have to build off what they did against Indiana State, take that offense and try to get some points on the board against Louisville. But this has got to be a slugfest, though. They got to really muck this game up, I think, for them to have to win this. I like Louisville to win this game, but I can see how people are saying, hey, it's going to be inside that big number of 10 and a half because, because of the Indiana defense. I'm excited to see it. Can't wait to see what's going to happen with that. All right. Our only Big Ten matchup of the weekend. I'm going in order chronologically, by the way, not in order of importance. So I just kind of did it with like, uh, you guys can figure it out. This game's also at noon. It's the last noon game. It's the noon game that I'm probably going to watch the closest because it's two Big Ten teams playing. Um, this game's going to be on Fox. Which Illinois defense is going to show up? Is it going to be the defense that's been kind of shredded the first two games of the season? Or is it going to be a situation where they had to wait two weeks to make the jump? You know how a lot of coaches talk about week one to week two, we're going to make a huge jump, right? Is this the week that the Illinois defense finally makes a big jump? And boy, do they need it because Penn State is no joke. This is the best quarterback that Illinois has seen yet. And yes, I'm including the kid that they played against Kansas last week. Drew Aller is better than him. He can throw it way better than him. And he can run it just as good, I would say. Maybe the kid from Kansas was a little bit better running it. Um, if that defense does show up, though, I'm going to say that they could keep it interesting. I don't think, in my mind, 
there's a chance that Penn State actually gets upset and loses this game. But And the reason why is because I, I like Drew Altmeyer. He's really impressed me probably the most out of any of the quarterbacks. Him and like Noah Kim and uh, Gavin Wimsat probably. Top three quarterbacks that have overperformed in my eyes from what I was expecting this year. Drew Altmeyer has been great. He's their, he's their guy, basically. I mean, no one else, if you look at their offense, who's been doing good for the Illinois offense besides Luke Altmeyer? Did I call him Drew Altmeyer? It's Luke Altmeyer. Um, it's Drew Aller. I got that part right. I think that the problem is for Illinois, though, that they rely so heavily on Luke and his running ability, and they have not seen a defense like this yet. Penn State's defense is going to shut Luke down, and they're going to have some real trouble scoring in this game. It's going to be a drive where there's like a fluky play or uh, a big penalty, and they get in position, and then Luke maybe gets free. I think that that's the only way that they can really score on this defense. This defense is stout. And based on what I've seen out of the Illinois offense, I'm worried about them. I'm worried about them in this game. I don't think that they're going to... The only, like I said, the only way that they can keep this close is if we get a brand new Illinois defense that we have not seen yet this year. But in my mind, I think Penn State's going to roll in this game. I think it's going to be big. I think it's going to be bad for Illinois. Um, and I think that they're going to stay near the bottom of my power rankings, despite what their fans might think. All right. Here's the number one game. We're kind of right in the middle of things on Saturday right now. This is the number one game that I'm excited about on Saturday. It's at 3.30. These times are all Eastern times, by the way, even though I said I live in the central time zone. 3.30 ESPN. You have Minnesota going up against UNC. This is an absolutely massive game for Minnesota. I think that their season could swing one way or another. Not a ton if they lose because it's not a Big Ten game. So you're thinking, ah, didn't really matter in the standings. Not a big deal. But if they win, though, Man, what the the confidence that they'll have from this game will really propel them once they start playing the Big Ten teams that they which they've already played one. I know that they played Nebraska already, but I think it's going to give them so much confidence going into the Big Ten West competition if they can beat UNC. This is a huge game for them. Here's what UNC's done: they survived Appalachian State last week in double overtime, but they also beat South Carolina. 31 to 17. You probably already know <clears throat> Drake May's name. Everyone knows his name. He kind of had some Heisman hype going into the season, but so far this year, I say only 477 on his yardage. He's had two picks. He's had two touchdowns. Not the numbers you would like to see out of Drake May going into the season, especially after two games. Like if you look at who they played, let me pull it up real quick who they played. All right, I got it right here, actually, don't I? Did I write down who UNC played? Okay, Appalachian State and South Carolina. You'd like to think that even against Appalachian State, he would get two touchdowns. And then, of course, you beat South Carolina 31-17. to He's got to have one or two there. His numbers haven't been as impressive as I thought they were going to be, but here's somebody who is impressive. If you're a Minnesota fan, you need to watch out for Omarion Hampton. He's got five touchdowns already. I think he's got close to 500 yards as well. Something crazy like that. Was that, I mean, it might've been 370 something. I don't remember what it was. Omarion Hampton though, gotta be locked in on him. Gotta be locked in on him. And I think they will be. 
because Minnesota's defense has been playing better than I thought they were as well. This could be a great game. This is going to be a classic game. I'm putting I'm I'm putting my word out right now that if you're not a Minnesota fan and you're not paying attention to this game, take some time out of your day at least at the in the second half and watch this game cuz I think it's going to be close throughout. I think it's a great battle of kind of different styles of play, you know, cuz UNC is going to want to try to throw the ball with Drake May a lot. Minnesota's defense is great. Minnesota's offense, maybe they found some run game last week with uh, Darius Taylor. So we'll see if he's back in there or is it going to be Sean Tyler again? Or is Bryce Williams going to get some snaps? So just a lot to look forward to in this game. I'm really excited about this game. It's the number one game that I'm excited about. I can't stop thinking about it. I can't wait for Saturday at 3.30 to watch this game. Also at 3.30, you have... Let me switch my screen real quick. Take a little breath. You have another ACC team. This is now, what, the third one I've talked about? Let me take a drink. Northwestern heading down to Duke, 3.30 on the ACC network. This game has got to be broadcast somewhere else, right? Because I don't have ACC. Does anyone have ACC network? I, I don't think I have that. I pay for like a pretty premium package, alliteration aside, on YouTube TV, but uh, I don't think I get ACC Network. I'm going to have to look into that. Maybe I need some credentials if anyone has any. I could log in and watch this game because I'm excited to see Northwestern again. They're coming off their first win in over a year. Their first win in the United States, as everyone likes to say, <laughs> um, in, in two years, basically. Uh, do they have momentum, though? Are they like, hey, we got a win right here. Let's go, let's go try to pick up another one. Duke upset Clemson in game one. This is a game that most people watched. Here's what I'm going to say about that game, okay? And then also Duke beat Lafayette last week 42-7. to Northwestern's offense is probably, I'm not even kidding about this, is probably the best offense that Duke has seen this year. Because if you go back to that Clemson game, yeah, on paper, Clemson's offense is better than Northwestern. This is a given. They were a top 10 team coming into the year. But the way that they played in that game, they were inside the 25. This is Clemson I'm talking about against Duke. Inside the 25, I think four, maybe even five times, fumbled, fumbled, interception, missed kick, and then I think another fumble. They could not score. They could not finish drives. And you're looking at a Northwestern team who last week just scored 38 points. They might could score now. I'll tell you this much. If Northwestern gets inside the 25 five times, they're at least scoring two touchdowns. I'll say that right now against this Duke defense. So even though they played Clemson already, Clemson played terrible. I would say that this offense that they're playing this week, Duke, against Northwestern, is the best offense they've seen. I've said it twice now. Um, Riley Leonard is the quarterback for Duke. He's the most unassuming quarterback you'll ever see. He looks like he's not going to do something. He kind of drops back in the pocket and then he absolutely rifles one to his receivers. He was throwing dots in that Clemson game. I didn't see their Lafayette game. Um, and then he had a big run too, so he can run it when he needs to. I think that the problem in this game and the reason why I think Duke's probably going to win big is simply Northwestern's defense. I don't think that they have enough guys to slow down what Duke's going to do offensively, and they're not good enough offensively. This is Northwestern 
to get into a shootout with somebody like Duke. That's not going to work out well for them. They need this to be like 21 to 28, not 42 to 51. And because they can't score 42 against Duke. So um, excited to see Northwestern, what they look like coming off the win. Just a really tough matchup for them going into Duke and trying to pull off a second consecutive win when they haven't done that in, I don't, when's the last time Northwestern won two games in a row? I want to kind of look that up. Do I have time to look that up? When is the last time Northwestern Western won two games in a row? Let's see if it just pulls up just by doing that. Uh, the last time Northwestern won four straight games. Whatever, I'm not reading this whole thing. Anyways, we got too many other games to talk about. Uh, let's get to the next one. Another ACC team. This time, it's one that I'm not as high on, especially after uh, this is Virginia Tech coming to Rutgers, 3.30 on BTN. Rutgers, here, here's what I wrote down for this game. Rutgers is going to win the game. Rutgers is America's team. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna give them that title right now. Everybody loves Rutgers. If you're not cheering for Rutgers against Virginia Tech, you're either a Virginia Tech fan or you're just a hater of Rutgers for whatever reason. Somebody at Rutgers pissed you off sometime in your life and you just don't want to see them win ever. I love Rutgers. I want to see them win. Listen, their over-under was three and a half. They're about to be at three wins after this weekend, I think. I think Rutgers wins this game going away. Um, it's simple. Here's, here's how simple it is for me analyzing this game. Rutgers, I think personally, is better than Purdue at this moment. Purdue just beat Virginia Tech on the road, and now Virginia Tech's coming to Rutgers. So if you're telling me you have two teams, Purdue and Rutgers, that we're comparing here. And you think Rutgers is better, which I do. And they get to play the same team that Purdue just beat on the road. They get to play them at home. That's a win. That's an automatic win. I think Rutgers wins. And uh, I'm cheering for Rutgers. I'm cheering for Rutgers like all year, basically, at this point. I, I love when the teams that have been near the bottom are getting some wins. Like Northwestern last week, Rutgers, you know. Uh, I don't know who out west. No one out west is like besides Northwestern has really been like at the bottom. I guess it's just Northwestern and Rutgers. Those are the bottom two teams usually. All right, let's go to our next game. Also at three thirty. Think I was that the last three games were at three thirty. Let's make sure three thirty, three thirty, three thirty. Um, I don't know if I mentioned this either. Minnesota UNC is on ESPN. I did mention that. All right, also at three thirty, we have uh Western Michigan. Traveling to Iowa. This is on Big Ten Network. This is an interesting stat. I saw it on Twitter. I wish I would have taken a screenshot or bookmarked it because I wanted to give this person credit, but I couldn't find it this morning when I was making my notes. So I'm just going to pretend like this is my own stat um, that I'm stealing from someone. Western Michigan leads the all time series against Iowa two to one. So in this game, Iowa's looking to tie Western Michigan in the win column. In this series. Interesting. Usually when you see a stat like that too, you're like, okay, yeah, Western won back in 1942 and uh, 1965. No, not the case. Western Michigan won this game in 2000 and 2007. 2007. Easy for you guys to say. Um, I think this game, listen, I was going to win the game, right? 
let's not get it twisted. Western lost to Syracuse last week, 48 to seven, and they beat a team named St. Francis in week one. They, and it wasn't even by like a lot. I think it was by two touchdowns. Western Michigan is a lower tier Mac team and uh, Iowa had better win this game. But I will say that I think it'll be a lot closer than what Las Vegas thinks it's going to be. And I think it'll be a little bit closer than what most people think it will be simply because the Iowa Hawkeyes cannot score. The line for this game is 28 and a half, I think it was. What? Has Iowa ever beaten anybody by 28 and a half? When's the last time that's happened? Hasn't been in the last couple of years, that's for sure. Um, I think that they could win by, man, it's even hard to say this. Maybe 20. I don't know, man. Iowa, I'm, I'm just down on Iowa right now because I'm getting so upset that they have so many good players and they're not scoring. But this might be the coming out party. Maybe this is the weekend. You get a team like the Broncos coming to town. And you're like, hey, we're gonna kill him. Let's run the score up. Let's get uh, let's get Brian Ferentz's average up this week. Maybe this is the week. I just can't see it. I just can't see it. Um, but I think Iowa will win. I think they'll win, and I think it'll never be really close. I just don't think they're gonna blow them out like that. All right. Uh, not gonna talk much about this game. You got Western Kentucky coming to Ohio State. It's at four o'clock on Saturday. I wrote no notes for this game. Ohio State's going to win. That's all we need to say about that game. All right. Uh, Washington at Michigan State. This is at 5 o'clock. It's on Peacock. So make sure you have that app if you want to see what Michigan State's going to do coming off of a crazy weekend that they just had and a crazy week that they have preparing. So much going on with them. They did name Harlan Barnett as their coach in his press conference. He said that he's a religious person. So he has God on his side in this game. There's no shot Michigan State loses. If you have God, how can you possibly lose? You think Washington's better than God? Is that what you're telling me? I don't think so. Can't lose. Um, I always lean on the team that is having issues. I'll just put it like that. The team that has a lot going on, I always like to see them the word I always use is galvanize each other and come together. Amongst all the distractions, the players come together, and I think that they can. I mean, they're Division One football players. Losing your head coach is a big deal, but you have Barnett coming in, you have D'Antonio coming in as an assistant head coach, and you have God. So, like, what? you're fine, all right? Um, Michigan State defense. This will be the best defense that Washington has seen yet this year. They played Boise State in their first game. They won 56-19. to They played Tulsa in their second game, 43-10 to in that game. Boise State and Tulsa do not have a good, as good of a defense as Michigan State. Can't believe I'm saying that after what I said in the offseason about Michigan State. But they've really been playing well. I said it on Monday's show. I think they're fifth in sacks in the country right now. Fifth. I get it. They haven't really played anybody that that good yet, but they're fifth in sacks. Yeah, that's pretty good. Here's the thing, though. Michigan State's defense is going to have trouble, not just because of Michael Penix Jr. Everybody knows about him. He's good. We get that. But their 
offense is more complex than anything that Michigan State has seen. Here's a stat that proves that. Washington has five rushing touchdowns this year. Not a ton after two games. Average for a good team. Three of those touchdowns, five different guys scored five rushing touchdowns. Three of them were by wide receivers. So what does that tell me? The wide receivers are getting rushing plays. That means that their offense is, they're doing sweeps, they're doing uh, handoffs, they're doing jet sweeps. I don't know what else to call it besides a sweep. If you're going to hand it off to the wide receiver, maybe their wide receivers are lining up in the backfield. Listen, I didn't watch the Washington games. I don't know how those wide receivers scored rushing touchdowns, but just based on the box score watching that I was doing, it made me start thinking, man, this offense is going to be a little bit more complex than what Michigan State has seen so far this year. I'm cheering for Michigan State. I'm cheering for them. Listen, all the stuff that they've been through, if you're like a senior at Michigan State right now, you've survived uh, not really the Larry Nasser stuff. That doesn't really affect them, and it really even shouldn't be talked about in connection with what Mel Tucker's doing. They're completely different things. I've heard a lot of people connecting the two, and I think that that's bullshit. Um, you've survived a school shooting, literally survived one, and also like just emotionally survived one. And now probably the biggest headline in college football as far as coaching is concerned, right before your biggest game of the year non-conference in Washington, after you started the year pretty well, looking good, I just... I just feel for those guys. I actually do. I mean, these guys are human beings and they're just going through a lot over the last couple of years. And uh, it makes me want to cheer for them. So this is the number one team I'm cheering for. I would say number two is Minnesota because I want to see them beat UNC. But uh, I would say go green this weekend. I hope they win. I hope that they win. Um, It's not looking good, though. Washington's good and they're favored by a lot. So it'd be a great win. Maybe I should throw a little money on the uh, money line Michigan State just for fun. All right, let's stop talking about betting. We do that on Friday. How many games we got left? Three games. Let's zip through these. Northern Illinois at Nebraska, Saturday night, 7 p.m. It's on FS1. Northern is tough to figure out. Northern Illinois is tough to figure out. Here's why. They beat Boston College, and then I said, okay, well, who's Boston College, though? Boston College is 1-1. One one. They lost to Northern Illinois, and then they beat Holy Cross, 31 to 28. Three point win over Holy Cross. Not impressive. Um, and then they lost to Southern Illinois, who's out of the Missouri Valley, and they finished last in the MAC last year. So you beat an ACC team, you lost to a Missouri Valley team, and you were last in the MAC last year. What the, what, what, what has happened? What's happening with this team? Um, Nebraska needs a win. Horribly. I have them ranked last in my power rankings because they haven't won yet. They've I they've had tough matchups. I get it. Minnesota on the road, Colorado on the road. You finally get to come home. You get a home crowd, and you get a team that you should beat pretty handily. Um, but the game chan- the game plan can't change. I thought they did a good job against Colorado running the ball, sticking to it, and not putting Jeff Sims in horrible situations, but Jeff still figured out a way to turn the ball over. Um, I think Nebraska should win. I think they will win, and I hope they win. All right, Bowling Green at Michigan, Saturday, 7.30, Big Ten Network. Michigan is going to win by a lot. 
the only thing I had on this uh, game was I thought that it was funny. Uh, Jim Harbaugh um, had a press conference and he was talking about doing the chain gang at his son's game last week. If you haven't seen that, I might post that on Twitter, actually, because I pulled the clip. Um, go watch that because it's hilarious. He's talking about his son's team as if it's Michigan. He was like, man, we needed to win badly. He started talking about some of the players. It was absolutely hilarious. Uh, Jim Harbaugh is funny to me. All right, last game. This is the second most intriguing game for me this weekend. It's Syracuse at Purdue. There's so much to love about this game. Um, Purdue, they talked about it. Ryan Walters talked about making a big jump from week one to week two. This is on Saturday night at 7.30 on NBC, by the way, if I haven't mentioned that. Can they make another big leap from week two to week three? I personally am still a believer in Ryan Walters. I say still, it's only been two games. But you get on Twitter, I tell you what, I tell you what, man, you get on Twitter and these people just start running their... I feel like Purdue fans have almost already lost faith in him. I don't understand why. Maybe it's not Purdue fans. Maybe it's other fans that I'm seeing. I don't know. But I like Ryan Walters. I think that they're going to improve each week. I think that uh, I was on a show called the Big Ten Huddle this week, and uh, Big Ten Ted was talking and said, don't sleep on Purdue, and I agree with him. I don't think you should sleep on them yet. And also, by the way, this is their first, like, to me, real home game at Ross-Aid this year. I know they played Fresno State. I don't remember seeing the crowd, how good it was, but I think for this game, with Syracuse coming to town, after you go one and one, you just got that big win against Virginia Tech, I think they'll have a bigger and better crowd for this game than whatever they had week one. Um, Syracuse has played nobody yet. Now, they've been impressive. They beat Colgate 65-0. to zero. They beat Western Michigan, who I was just talking about, bottom tier, MAC team, 48-7. to seven. Um, But they haven't played anybody like Purdue yet. You got a night game. You're at home. It's a big spot. Purdue is two-point underdogs, and I love them. I love them. I love them. I love them. I think that they're going to win this game. This is the best team that Syracuse has played yet. And it's also Syracuse's first road game. So they haven't had to travel yet. Purdue's already traveled. They're a little bit more seasoned, I think. Um, I like Hudson Card to go off in this game. I'm looking for my boy Devin Mockabee to tote the rock. Two touchdowns. Two touchdowns for the mock train. Two touchdowns. Let's go. Um, love this game. Love this game. I think Purdue is going to win. I think it's going to be a great way to end the Big Ten weekend with uh, yet another, I'm going to say, another, another one, another win against the ACC school. Thank you guys so much for listening. This has been your week three kickstart episode. Like I said, if you're still on here, you're still enjoying the YouTube or enjoying the podcast, make sure you come back early Friday morning or whenever on Friday. Or even on Saturday. I don't care when you listen to it. Listen to it on Sunday after the games are over and how dumb we are on our picks. See how bad we were. We did good last week, though. Um, Bet big coming out coming out on Friday. Uh, enjoy the games. Go Big Ten. I hope all your teams win. And we will see you guys in the future.